0: are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, this is our final in the series, The Powerful Word of God. And I've uh, entitled a message today, Obey and Be Blessed. How many people want to be blessed? If You want to be blessed, then follow the Word of God. Know what the Word of God says, live by it, and you will be blessed. Amen? Well, uh, tomorrow afternoon, we head up to Edmonton. We fly out to Newfoundland on, uh, uh, at 1 o'clock, 1.30, somewhere around there. And uh, we'll be gone for 17 days in Newfoundland. But we'll be, we'll be back. And all the time that we're gone, you're going to be on our hearts. I usually, when I go on vacation, I just forget everyone and everything and just relax. But this year, I think I'm going to find it hard not to forget cole Lake Community Church. But I know you're going to be in good hands. Pastor John is going to be bringing the word. He's a powerful man of God, a man of faith. And you are going to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So um, we all have to enjoy... The little bit of summer that we get, right? Praise the Lord. Well, First, uh, 2 Timothy, rather, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 19. Therefore, my son, you, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics... He is not crowned unless he completes according, competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must first partake of the crops. Consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. For which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we die with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, uh, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Father, take this word and bless it to our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Paul is making a case here for faithfulness, for commitment, for enduring hardship as a soldier of the cross for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And even if he was chained up in prison, he could claim that the word of God is not chained. though we may suffer some hardship in this world. The fact that we stand for the word of God. And stand upon the word of God. God's word still gets results. You cannot chain up the word of God. Evil men have tried to destroy this word. To no avail. The communist countries tried to prevent the gospel from being preached. And they tell us that in China today, there are millions and millions and millions of born-again Christians. You cannot put the word of God down. You cannot block it out. When there were some serious restrictions on bringing the gospel into Russia and the Russian countries, the Soviet Union, in in their day. People, men of God, men and women of God, would smuggle Bibles into that country. And when the wall was torn down, and again, there was a level of liberty in that nation and in those nations it was found that there was a tremendous amount of born-again believers that had been worshiping God in home churches, underground, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are so blessed to be able to worship God freely and preach His word and study His word. So we've been doing a four part series on the power of the word the word of god is not chained the works of darkness is destroyed by the word of god the word of god is a powerful instrument to destroy the works of darkness and it's a powerful instrument instrument for body for healing of the body soul and spirit Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God, that is the Bible, is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's powerful. A woman commented to Jesus, that the mother who bore him and nursed him was blessed. And Jesus replied in Luke eleven twenty eight, that there is a greater measure of blessing than this. He said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and believe it. When you hear the word of God, when you read the word of God, you believe it, you are setting yourself up for blessing. This blessing is available to all who will hear God's word and obey it. So my first point today is obedience is the pathway to blessing. Obedience is the pathway to blessing. Blessing. It's the means to finding God's best in our life. And that's what we want. That's what we need. God's best. Every time you find the call to obedience in Scripture, it's really an invitation to be blessed. Obedience is one of the most basic Fundamental, foundational lessons in the Bible. It's like learning to walk. Until you have acquired that basic skill, you're not going to get very far. You're reduced to crawling. And God don't want his children to spend their lifetime crawling around. He wants us to stand. He wants us to run. He wants us to be positive and to enjoy life and to apply what his word uh, directs us to so that we can enjoy the fullness of what he has prepared for his children. Webster's Dictionary says that obedience is proper submission to authority. It's performing what is required or abstaining from what is forbidden. Obedience is a conscious response to a known command. We know what we're supposed to do and then we do it. It is interesting as you go through the scriptures, you find reference to the fact that all nature obeys God. Jesus, remember, spoke to the fig tree. Because there were no fruit on it, he said, you will never bear fruit again. And when the disciples came back with him the next day, they said, Master, look, that tree which you cursed, has dried up and died. And Jesus said, that's nothing. You can say, if you've got faith to believe, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and it will be done. Remember, he calmed the storms. Remember the time it speaks about he was asleep in the boat, the boat that was taking on water. And he began to cry out to him, Master, Master, we're sinking. Don't you care? We're going to drown. Jesus said, Oh, you have little faith. He said to the, the waves, Peace, be still. And the Bible says there was a great calm. Do you know that Jesus is still speaking? When you call upon him in your time of need, when you are facing your mountain, when the storm around you is beating and it looks like you're going to go down for the count, Jesus, help me. And he speaks, peace, be still. And there's a great calm that comes into your life. You remember another time he walked on the water in a storm towards them. All of nature had to submit to him. Whatever he decided to do had to take place. That's just in the New Testament. You remember when they were fighting that battle when Joshua was fighting a great battle. And the sun was beginning to go down. And he realized the work wasn't complete. They needed some more daylight to be able to complete the battle. And Joshua under the power and the anointing of God said, "Sun, stand still. And God caused the sun to stay up. Until the battle was won. That's the power of our God. That's the power of the spoken word. When the Holy Spirit anoints you to speak the word of God, things have to happen if you believe. He could force you and I to do the same. He could force me to obey him. He could force you to obey him. But he has given us the freedom of choice. Effie and I have been married for 52 years. I got it right, Effie. And out of those 52 years on any day of the week, any time, I could have decided, I could have chosen to walk away from that woman. I could have chosen to be unfaithful to her. She could have chosen to be unfaithful to me. That's a choice that we have. Every day I choose to love Effie with all of my heart. I'm just as excited about her now as when I took her to be my wife. And I know she loves me just the same. Otherwise she wouldn't put up with me. But God has given you and I a choice. He wants a relationship with us. Just as a man and a woman has a relationship together. He wants a strong relationship. Remember the Bible calls the church. And we are the church. The Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. And that's the kind of a relationship that he wants with us. A lasting relationship. But we have the choice any day to walk away. Why? Because God wants lovers. He wants loving, willing obedience. He's after relationship. And so, the, if, he, if He dictated that everything you do will be this, and you have no choice, He would never know that we loved Him. My second point is God's commands are always for our good. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 40. You shall therefore keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command today, that it may go well with you. You get it? Keep my statutes and my commands... That it may go well with you. His statutes and his commands are his word. Keep his word that it may go well with you. And not only you, but your children after you. That you may prolong your days. In the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Folks, we're not an island unto ourselves. The things that I do affects more than me. Of course, in my position as a pastor, the things that I do affects you and your families, our community. A lot of people don't know about me in this community. I've been in here for now just about 15 years. There's a lot of people don't know me. If you said Hayward Eastman, they wouldn't know who in the world are you talking about? But they let me do something wrong. Let me do just one thing wrong that they find out about. And everybody will know Hayward Eastman. But you know something? I can look back in my heritage. My great-grandfather, my grandfather, my father... Me, my sons, and my daughter, my grandchildren are serving God. Every generation that serves the Lord prepares for the next generation to do the same. It's powerful. We're not an island unto ourselves. Your children look at you, Dad. And they're going to copy what you do. Are you a prayer warrior? Are you a priest in your home? Are you serving God with all of your heart? It will make a difference in your family. God says, I want to bless you. I want it to go well with you. I want it to go well with your children. Obey my commands, because obedience is the pathway to blessing. It is the means of finding God's best in our lives. So why settle for second best or less when you can have the best? That connection between obedience and blessing is all the way through Scripture, particularly in the Old Testament. I'll I'll just give you one of several passages that show the theme. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 to 28. God is speaking to Israel. They have now gotten into the promised land. This is what he's saying to them. Behold, I set before you a blessing. And a curse, blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and a curse if you do not obey the commands of the Lord your God. Now, if you have a problem with the word curse, because we're living in the age of grace, then let me change it to another word that you might understand. Consequence. There's a consequence to disobeying God's word. It's important to recognize that we in Jesus Christ do not have an old covenant relationship with God. We are not under the law of Moses now, we're under the law of grace. We expect to be blessed because of our... We do not expect to be blessed because of our obedience only. But because of a new and a bitter covenant, our position in Christ is clear. The curse we deserve has been laid upon him. But there are consequences. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10 to 14, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things that are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Martin Luther, the reformer, saw this as he was reading the Bible one day, really jumped out at him. You know how you read the Bible and you've read it a number of times before and you, you come to this verse and all of a sudden a scripture jumps out at you that you man, I didn't see that before. This was the way with Martin Luther and he began to preach that. The just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. But listen to this, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's you and I in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Not through works. Not through trying to be the best that we can be even true faith believing what the word says that if i confess with my mouth the lord jesus and believe in my heart that god has raised him from the dead i will be saved hallelujah abraham the bible says believe god and it was accounted to him as righteousness genesis 15:6 How do we know that Abraham believed God? Because everything that God asked him to do, he did it. He walked in obedience. And that's all God wants from me and you, is to walk according to his word, follow his word. Though there may be an inherent curse of consequences in our disobedience, or even in, in the correcting hand of God under the new covenant. God, do not punish or curse us. I want you to understand this now. Don't go away saying, Pastor says that we're under a curse. God says, God's word tells us that under the new covenant, we are not punished or cursed by God. God may Do what is well deserved that he may have to discipline us sometime. And discipline is not punishment. Discipline is a correction so that you will do the right thing. He do not curse us. He do not punish us. All that we deserve, past, present, future, was poured out upon Jesus when he became a curse for us. God gave the people a choice, blessing or cursing, and he urged them to choose blessing. He's still doing that today, amen? He gave them a choice, life or death, and he urged them to choose life, and that choice is still before us today, life, eternal life, or spiritual death. Eternal life in his presence forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Eternal death. Separation from God forever and ever and ever and ever. In eternal torment. Where the fire is not quenched. And where the worm dieth not. I'm sorry folks. Haven't heard it for a long time. But it's still in the Bible. We've got to believe it. If the word says it, God, once God spoke something, it is forever. It's forever settled in heaven. He's not going to change his mind. It doesn't matter in 2016 or 3016 if he if he reigns that long. It's still going to be the same old story of Jesus and his love, how he died upon the cross for our sins and he paid the price so that you and I could go free. This was looking forward to a day when his only begotten son would come, become a once and for all sacrifice for sin. Now we choose Jesus, and in him we enjoy eternal life. And the blessings promised to those who obey. Same kind of blessings he promised to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. we choose not to walk in his ways, we will suffer the consequences of disobedience and unbelief. And that in itself, the consequences is enough of a curse for me to avoid it. Amen? So which would you choose? Which brings me to my third point. Are you going to choose cursing? Blessing. Are you going to choose the consequences of sin or the reward of serving God, believing His Word, and following His Word? Choose blessing. Most people would choose blessing, of course. No one wants to suffer the consequences of making ungodly choices. A lot of people want blessing without obedience. They want salvation without repentance. They don't want to turn away. They want to say the sinner's prayer, but they don't want to turn away from their sin. That's going against God's word. There's consequence for that. They want successful marriages without God. When you're going through your marriage without including God in your marriage, you're walking on dangerous ground. There's a consequence for that. Listen, the Bible says that love never fails. But I want you to know something. Lust only lasts for a while. If you've married on the basis of lust, if you've married on the basis of that body that your spouse has, whether it's rippling muscles or dimples and curves, (laughs) if that's all you are looking at, there's going to come a time when that's going to fail. Because I'm not as half as handsome as I used to be Am I effing. But you've been doing pretty good, honey. <laughs> you've got to include God in your life. You've got to include God in your family, in your marriage. God has given his word so that you and I don't have to go astray. Follow his word and be blessed. Some people want financial security, but they don't want to tithe and they don't want to give. Some people got a, some kind of a crazy notion that you can have a church this size and you don't have to give nothing to make it work. People want success, but they're not willing to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which God says, if you do that, then all of these other things will be added on to you. Are you getting the picture? The story of Exodus from Egypt gives a picture of the struggle that God's people have with obedience down through the ages. Listen, Exodus chapter 24, verses 4 to 7. Moses wrote all the words of the, uh, words of the Lord, and he rose up early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrifice, peace offerings, of oxen, to the Lord. And Moses took half the blood, put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And then he took the book of the covenant, and he read in the hearing of the people. And they said, listen to what they said now. After Moses read the book of the covenant. They said, all that the Lord has said, we will do. And be obedient. What a wonderful resolve. All that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. 40 days later, they are worshiping a golden calf. Aaron had instructed them, they wanted to go back to Egypt. Moses was up in the mountain for 40 days, 40 nights. This man is gone. He's he's just taken off on us. We don't know what's happened to him. Let's go back to Egypt. And Moses, they wanted Moses to make a calf. And Moses made an idol for them, a golden calf. He said, give me all of your gold, your earrings, your rings, your nose rings, whatever they had, give it to me. And he made this calf, and they began to worship it. Now, if we would be honest, we see a similar pattern in our own lives, don't we? How many times did you and I make a resolve to God and fail to keep it? We go to Sunday service, go to church. We're moved upon by the Holy Spirit. The songs touch our heart. The word of God speaks into our spirit. Our hearts are stirred. We sing I surrender all with determination. To make a fresh commitment to the Lord. Yes Lord. Yes Lord. I will obey. I will stop deliberately sinning. It stops here now. I'm drawing a line in the sand. No more. But Come this evening. Tomorrow or the next day. And we're back into that thing that is ruining our lives and ruining our testimony. And you don't need anyone to tell you because you know full well that God will not bless sin in your life. Israel discovered the same thing that you and I have discovered that we can't obey In fact, the major purpose of the Old Testament is for the people to realize and for us to learn that we cannot obey God on our own. The Bible says that the the, the law was a schoolmaster. It teaches us what God desires and what God requires for a man or a woman to be holy. Holy. But born-again Christians have something that they did not have. Jesus' Holy Spirit lives in us. And we have a new life with power. That's what God has done for us, folks. We can now obey God because we have the life of Christ living in us. The life that I now live, Paul says, I live by Jesus. By the Son of God, by the power of his Holy Spirit working in me and through me. He's living his life through me. That is why it is so important that we learn to surrender to him, to his will, to his word, to his way. Philippians 2.13 says, it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good Pleasure. It is God within us. It is the Holy Spirit within us that gives me the desire and the power to obey God on a daily basis. As I make that choice day after day after day, month after month, year after year. So we're really without excuse, aren't we? With this, I'm concluding. Short conclusion, Ernie. Remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46 Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I tell you to do? Jesus gave another illustration. In Luke chapter 6, verses 47 to 49. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you who he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the floods rose and the streams beat vehemently against that house, it could not shake it. For it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did not did nothing is like a man who built a house upon the earth without a foundation. Again, that which again, against which the streams had beat vehemently and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. What are you building upon, folks? Are you building upon the Word of God, on the rock, Christ Jesus? Or are you building upon the sand, the philosophies of man, people who tell you everything is okay. Just keep on going the way you're going. Be a good citizen pay your taxes, be a good neighbor, and you'll make it. That's not what the Bible says. No man comes to the Father, he said, but by me. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way, folks. There's a lot of religions that are not Christian the Bible is our compass it's our chart that will lead us in the right way it is very clear here that there is a blessing for obedience and there are serious consequences for disobedience if we will not obey the word of God we have no foundation for our lives We're building on sand. When the storms of life break in upon us, we have nothing to base our faith upon if we're not basing upon upon what the Word of God tells us. How are you going to believe for healing if you don't know what the Word of God says about healing? How are you going to believe for a strong marriage if you don't know what the Word of God says about the marriage covenant? How are you going to believe for direction in your life if you don't believe, if you don't know what the Bible says about seeking direction for your career? How are you going to believe for your family if you don't know what the word says about raising a family? Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the ones who do the will of my Father which is in heaven. James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. He said, if you just hear the word and you don't do anything about it, he said, you're deceiving yourself. That's not me saying this. This is the word of God. James says, in James chapter 1 verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So in both the Old and the New Testament, the message is loud and clear. Obey and be blessed. Dig deep into the Word of God. Decide to be a doer and not just a hearer. If the Holy Spirit is prompting you to pay attention to what He has been speaking into your heart today, then you need to respond. Don't reject the powerful word of God. Obey and be blessed. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you right now. Lord, that you have spoken your word to your servant today. And Lord, I know that every man, every woman, every boy, every girl... Wants to be blessed. They want the blessings of God. That adds no sorrow to it. That overflowing blessing. Folks what God has laid upon my heart. Over this last couple of months. Is his heart for you and me It's what God wants you to hear at this time. Because he's got a plan. He's got a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And he wants us to fit into that plan. Are you willing to say, Lord, I want you to be the most important person in my life? We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry.